Take your Bibles and open them up to Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1. We've gone through the the days of creation here. and Day 6, God created man in His own image. The Bible says in verse 27 there that in the image of God, uh, He created male and female. I want us to read together uh, just verse 28. Genesis chapter 1, verse 28. And God blessed them. And God said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth, and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over every living thing that moveth on the earth. God gave man, uh, women, the dominion over the earth. God gave us that at creation. But the point I want us to see here in this verse is when God blessed them, He called them, He said unto them, that they're to be fruitful, that they're to multiply. Now, he's talking here in the literal sense, that they are to to, to grow, they're to, to spread life. But in the spiritual sense, we have to be the same way, that we're wanting to see life. We're wanting to see a growth in our lives. We, we love to see the, the children around here. The Bible says in, in Psalms 127, 3 and 4, Lo, children are an heritage of the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is His reward. I like it to see, see the children, see the kids have fun at church, run around and in the summer and they get the poison ivy out in the woods and all that stuff. I don't know why, I don't know why we, we put the kids in church clothes to come here, because we might as well dress them as if we are going to the park or something, because... It doesn't seem to work out, but anyhow, these stains do come out. We know as we continue to read through Genesis, though, that, that, that the men and women, that their hearts, things started going bad, and that their hearts turned from God. And, and by the time we get to Genesis chapter 8 and 9, the Bible says that, that the wickedness of, of men, their imagination, that their thoughts, and that their hearts were evil continually. And so we see then that God sent the flood, right? And, and everyone was wiped out except for eight people. And in Genesis chapter 9, after the flood, in verse 1, God said to Noah and to his sons, Be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. This is, a, this is a theme through the scripture that God is calling them. And again, I know that this is in a literal sense that these folks were supposed to multiply uh, and, and replenish the earth and have dominion over it and, and subdue it. But, but this is also true in the spiritual sense. In Colossians chapter 1 and verse 10, the Bible says that you might walk worthy of the Lord and to all pleasing being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. 
When you think of yourself in, in, a, in, a, uh, in a spiritual sense, you want to be fruitful, don't you? You want to be fruitful. Of course we do. As a church, we want to be fruitful. As individuals, we want to be fruitful. We want to fulfill God's calling, His purpose, His ministry in our lives, right? Of course we do. That's, that's where, where we're going to find that, that fulfillment. Real joy is God working through us. So how do we do this? How do we uh, be fruitful in the spiritual sense? First is faith. It's faith. Faith is required for salvation, is it not? I mean, that, that is this, this is the starting point. This is the basis. The Bible says in Ephesians 2, 8, For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is a gift of God. So in order to even be put into Christ, to even receive His Holy Spirit, it takes faith to believe, to receive the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. It is faith that moves God. And it is faith, according to Hebrews chapter 11, that pleases God. It is faith in our lives that pleases God. People of faith are not afraid to follow God, to believe Him, and if we're following God, He is going to lead us into fruitfulness. In our spiritual life. Here's an example. You're in Genesis. Go to Genesis chapter 22. Genesis chapter 22. Familiar passage. And in the context here, you understand that Abraham has, is really get, is, is being tested, right? He's being tested. God tells Abraham to offer up his promised son, Isaac, right? And what's Abraham do? He obeys God. And we find out later that he obeys God with such great faith that he believed that God could even raise Isaac up from the dead. That's great faith, right? But he was obedient and there was faith involved. We see the great prophecy there in that, as we read through that passage when, when Isaac asks his father, where's the lamb? And Abraham says, God will provide himself a lamb. And one day, you know what happened? He did. He provided himself a lamb. But Abraham, Abraham was obedient and he was full of faith to do this. And now that's the context. Let's read verse 16. And we know that God provided a literal lamb at that time too to take the place. But Abraham was willing to do it. Verse 16, And he said, By myself have I sworn, saith the Lord, for because that thou hast done this thing, and hast not withheld thy son, thy only son, that in blessing I will bless thee, and in multiplying I will multiply thy seed as the stars of the heaven, and as the sand which is by the seashore. And thy seed shall possess the gates of thine enemies. And in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. Because 
Thou hast what? Obeyed my voice. We see faith here. We see obedience here. And by the way, we see the fruit of Abraham's obedience. You know that we, it was through Abraham and through the lineage of David that one day you and I, Savior, Jesus Christ, came to take away the sins of the world. Have all nations not been blessed through Abraham? They absolutely have. And so you see the faith there. Let me ask you a question. Was Abraham perfect? I mean, we read the story, if you're reading through Genesis right now, you see there's some serious mistakes that Abraham made, right? But what was it that pleased God? It was Abraham's faith and obedience. Look at, I want us to now look at a passage in the New Testament about this. We're going to be turning to some scriptures this morning, so have your Bibles ready. Turn to Romans. Romans chapter 4. This is, I hate to say this because I've got a lot of favorites, but this is one of my favorite passages here. But Romans, Romans chapter 4, and begin reading in verse 18. The Bible says, talking about Abraham, who against hope believed in hope. You know what that's saying? When he had no hope, he still believed God. When it was when there was no hope, he still believed God. That's faith. Uh, who against hope believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations according to that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. You know why he believed it, even though it didn't look possible? Because God said it. It's that, it's that simple. That's what faith is. Verse 19, and being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead. When I read that, that is amazing to me because we understand now that Abraham was not operating in a fleshly, carnal, human mind. In other words, God says through, through Sarah and you, you're going to have a child in all the nations of the earth, and you're going to multiply and all these things. And Adam, or Abraham, when he believed God, he didn't even consider himself in the equation. The earthly fact that he was 100 years old and that Sarah was, you know, 90. And you'd say, well, that would be kind of a helpful bit of information to begin to consider. Not when God says it. You see it? When God says it, it, it you don't even need to bring in the other earthly part of the equation because you just believe it. That's faith. That's faith. He said, um, um, he considered not his own body now dead when he was about a hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. Verse 20. He staggered not at the promises of God through unbelief. Oh, for a few believers, for a few Christians that would not stagger on the promises of God. They would just stand on the promises of God in faith. And, 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 and Abraham is not an isolated Story, I believe God can do great and mighty things in our lives just like He did Abraham's. I believe it. Same God, same God that we serve today. He staggered not at the promises of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. (laughs) When we're strong in faith, who gets the glory? 
When things don't look like it could work out humanly, and then it does, and we were believing that it was going to all along because God said it, who gets the glory? God. We can't take any of that. Abraham couldn't take any of that. God had said it a long time ago. And when it came to pass, who gets the glory? God does. Verse 21. I like, I like this definition of faith. Being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was able also to perform. I like that definition of faith as if God promised it, I believe he can do it. If God said it, then I believe that he can do it. This is faith. And faith brings fruitfulness. Faith brings fruitfulness in our lives. I mean, as I said already, the biggest evidence of fruitfulness by faith is salvation. It is an absolute miracle that we could be born again. And if you've accepted Christ as your Savior, if you've been born again, you've experienced supernatural fruitfulness, supernatural life that is just amazing. And then we continue to live our Christian life the same way that we started it, and that is by grace through faith. We are fruitful through faith. We are also fruitful through the Spirit. The Spirit of God can and will lead us. After salvation, the Holy Spirit indwells us, seals us. And then if we, are, if we yield ourselves to it, if we uh, walk after the Spirit, it's a choice. Instead of walking after the flesh, the Spirit will lead us. It will guide us. He will. He will. 2 Corinthians 3.17 Now the Lord is that Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. There is freedom from restraint. Where the Spirit of God is, and that Spirit, His Spirit, will lead us. We're going to look at some really familiar passages for this church, but I want us to turn to them and I want us to look at them. Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5. You say, how do we be fruitful? Faith. Being Spirit-filled, led by the Spirit. Galatians chapter 5 and verse, beginning in verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is... So, if someone says, what is the result of being Spirit-filled? Well, we're going to look at a couple of them, this passage and another one. What happens when you become full of the Spirit or Spirit-filled? There are some results of it. There are some fruits of it. And here they are. Here's, here's a list of them. The first one is, is, is so simple, but it's profound. It's love. I am convinced that... that if we don't have the love of God in our heart toward each other, um, then, then somewhere along the way, we're not walking after the Spirit. Because it's the first fruit of the Spirit. He says the fruits of the Spirit are love, joy, peace. Those are all things that we feel inward, inside. By walking after the Spirit, those are things that are in us. 
And that's what the world wants. It, you know what the world wants? That. That's what the world wants. They just want peace. Have you ever talked to someone and they're just like, I just want peace? And you know where you get that? Through the Spirit of God. I just want joy. I just want real, true love. Those are inward, and those come through God. Those come through the Spirit. Then there's long suffering, gentleness, and goodness. You know what happens? Once you get full of peace, and you get full of love, and you get full of joy, you'll suffer with people a long time. You'll be gentle with people. And you know what? This again is simple, but I believe profound, is you'll be good to people. You'll be kind one toward another. And then, then, so those are outward. Those are for other people. Fruits. We're talking about being fruitful. I've said this a bunch of times, but if our Christianity doesn't even help us, then what is it? If our walk in, in faith with God doesn't have, do something to us inside, and it will, and it can, and those, those fruits inside and then outward, it should be a blessing to the people around us. And then it also should be pleasing to God. Faith, I told you, faith is the thing that pleases God. Meekness or humbleness, temperance, these things please God. I said it here one time, isn't it amazing? That you and I, because we're in Christ and abiding in Christ, we naturally have these fruits. And God can come along in our life and pick off these fruits off of our tree. It's all by His work, nothing that we do, the things that please Him, like faith, like meekness, temperance. That He can come along and even say, man, I am pleased with them because of that. Look at verse 24. And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. See, if we're walking after the Spirit, we're not walking after the flesh. Those two can't happen at the same time, right? He says, if we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit, and let us not be desirous of vainglory, provoking one another, envying one another. These are, listen, if, if these things were in our lives, would we be fruitful spiritually? I mean, would that be great? If these fruits were in our life. It is, right? Turn to Acts. Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1. Listen, the Spirit, the Spirit of God can lead us. And will. And He can fill us. You know the context here, Acts chapter 1, is Jesus is ascending into heaven. He's, he's uh, telling His dis- disciples what's going to happen. In verse 8, He says, And ye shall receive power, after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto Me both in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, and the other most parts of the earth. What's another result of the Holy Spirit? is we become a bold witness. Another result of the Holy Spirit is to become a bold witness. And I don't think that's any more clear than a new convert. Someone that just accepts Jesus Christ as their Savior. You know what the first thing it seems like a lot of folks say? I've got to tell. i got to tell my family. i got to tell somebody. I want somebody to know what's happened to me. And so the result of this is 
Spirit-filled, they begin to witness. And that's exactly what happened in Acts chapter 2. Look at verse verse 1. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all in one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire, and it sat upon each of them. And they were filled with the Holy Ghost and and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Look at verse 8. We had, this is in Jerusalem during the the Feast of Pentecost. You have Jews from all different uh, countries and regions and languages have come together to to, uh, uh, celebrate or be a part of the, the Jewish feasts. And here you have the Jews, they get filled with the Holy Spirit, and they begin to speak. Look at verse 8. And these folks that hear him say, How hear we every man in our own tongue, wherein we were born? Verse 11. Cretes and Arabians, we do hear them speak in our tongues, the wonderful work of God. So here on the day of Pentecost, they're filled with the Holy Spirit, and a miracle happens. They're preaching, the twelve are preaching, And all these folks from different areas and different languages are hearing them speak in another tongue. Hearing them speak in their own language. What a miracle. And this is a result of the boldness of the Holy Spirit coming out and speaking through them. And what happens? What happens because of this? There's fruitfulness. Look at verse 41 of chapter chapter 2. I mean, Peter's preaching. Peter's preaching there, and he's, he's preaching repent, <laughs> return. In verse, in verse 41, Then they that gladly received His word were baptized, and the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, and fellowship, and breaking of bread, and in prayer. In verse 37, pra- Praising God and having favor with all people, and the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. This is the start of the church. Jew, Gentile alike coming in uh, to the body of Christ. This is new in that sense. The new thing. God had primarily been dealing with Israel uh, before that and the nation of Israel. And here we see the filling of the Holy Spirit and God leading them. And let me ask you, is there fruit from it? Oh yeah, there's fruit from it. They're beginning to multiply. The God is adding to the church daily. I'm saying as, as believers, God can do the same thing through us. As we seek Him, He will lead us in our daily lives. I believe that He can lead us to open doors. Amen. He can lead us to a place where we can open our mouths and tell others the good news of Jesus Christ. He does it. He does it when we seek Him and when we want it. Romans 8.14 says, For as many are as led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby ye cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. This Holy Spirit that leads us, it, it, it is he, the Holy Spirit that is in us is one with the Father. He is one with the Father. 
you say, how do I, how do I know that uh, I'm a Christian? You know, some, sometimes folks accept Christ as their Lord and Savior, and then maybe they don't walk after the Spirit. They, they backslide a bit, and then they begin to question even their salvation. And bringing, bringing someone back to say, hey, if the Spirit of God is in you, does He bear witness to the Father? Does He lead us when we seek Him to lead us? Will He? Of course He will. We have examples of that through Philip. Philip in Acts, Acts chapter 6, the Bible says that he was full of the Holy Ghost. That he was chosen to help us in, in the church there. And then we find just, just later after that, in chapter 8 of Acts, Philip is led by the Spirit to Samaria. He begins to preach in Samaria. He begins to see many, many folks saved. If you read that passage, it's like a, a revival is breaking out in that area. And then God just takes them from there and leads them over. Why? Because there's one person, one person seeking God. And God takes Philip from here and leads him over. And he witnesses to the Ethiopian eunuch. And what happens? The Ethiopian eunuch accepts Christ. And you say, does that still happen today? Absolutely. If we're willing, God will lead us around. And He'll put us in places where there's people that are seeking, seeking the Lord. Later in the book of Acts, Philip is called an evangelist. You say, what's an evangelist? Someone that evangelizes. Someone that goes to the lost and tells them the good news of Jesus Christ. I would say that we, we are called to be evangelists. The Bible says, he that winneth souls is wise. To be an evangelist is to be fruitful. It is. So how do we do it? How do we do it? How do we experience this, the, the Spirit in us, working through us? How, how can our faith grow? Look, turn to John, John chapter 15. John chapter 15. Verse 1. Jesus speaking, He says, I am the true vine. And my father, the husbandman. This was significant then. Uh, Jesus is the true vine. No longer did you have to go through Israel for your, for, your, for your righteousness. No longer do you have to go through the law. No longer do you have to go through any religion. Amen. Any religion to get to God. Yep. The true vine right. is Jesus Christ. He's it. He is it. He's the door. He's the way. He's the everything. He said, I am the true vine, my father the husbandman. Verse 3, he says, now are ye clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. When we're in the vine, hey, it's the word of God that cleans us. Many times it's the word of God that prunes us. Verse 4, he says, abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit of ex- of." Uh, the branch cannot bear fruit of itself except it abide in the vine. No more can ye except ye abide in me. We are to abide in Christ. 
And by us being in Christ, us being connected to Christ, will be fruitful. If we're severed, what happens? No fruit. It's really that simple. However, however, he says, abide in me. That means we're responsible to abide in Christ. He's saying, hey, abide in me. In other words, we have to be diligent to do that. You know what I, I, I've seen in, in my life and in many others? Many times we, we know we're supposed to be fruitful. So we'll work so hard at putting artificial fruit, something that, that didn't come natural, on our tree. We'll work hard at that. But really, we're not to do any of that. All we're to do is work hard at our relationship with the Lord. If, we, if we're just diligent about that, the fruit will come naturally. It comes from inside. If we're in, in relationship and in fellowship and in deep connection with Christ, the branch and the vine, the roots, the fruit will come. So many times we think we want fruit, so we try to do things to get fruit. But it's, it's, it's actually easier than that. <laughs> it's actually so much easier than that. But there is, there is a part that we have to be intentional about. And the part to be intentional about is the abiding in Christ. The being in Him, in fellowship. In fellowship with His Word. He says in verse 5, a powerful, powerful verse, I am the vine and you are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. You want much fruit? We do want much fruit in our Christian life, right? How is it done? Abiding in Christ and He in us. Then He says this, For without me, ye can do nothing. That's a good, that's a good place to come to in our Christian life that we can't even do a little bit spiritually without Christ. We can't even do a little bit We can't even be a little bit fruitful without Christ. Could the branch have some fruit on it if it's not connected to the vine? It is dying the moment that it's not connected, right? It cannot, it cannot. Without me, you can do nothing. What's the flip side of that? I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. So we can do nothing spiritually without being connected to Christ. But when we are connected to Christ and we are in, in abiding in Him, we can do anything and everything that He calls us and promises us that He wants to do. Anything and everything. Just like Abraham doesn't even consider his own body when God promises it. Why? Because God can do anything. He can do anything through us if He wants to. We can do anything through Christ which strengthens us. Look at verse 7. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, how are we to abide? We can abide, we can abide in Christ. We can fellowship with Christ through His Word, through prayer, through these, that, that, those lines of communication. He says in verse, in verse 8, Herein is my Father glorified 
that you bear much fruit. God's glorified by our fruitfulness. You see that. Why? Because it's not us that have done it. It is God that has done it through us. He says, Herein is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit. So shall you be my disciples. You know how you know if you're a follower, a disciple of Christ? There's fruit in your life. There's fruit in your life. We've talked about discipleship. We've talked about us. Our own personal discipleship. Being intentional to grow. And then our own uh, being able to help others grow. In, in discipleship. Here's a simple question. Does my, is my Christian life... Is, does, is, it, is it an inward thing? Does it come from inside? Or do we feel all these pressures of what we're supposed to be and what we're supposed to do from the outside? The true abiding in Christ, the true relationship with Christ should, be, should come from a result of, of a fellowship and a relationship with Him and it should be inward from an out. Right? We shouldn't be putting things on ourselves that are outward pressures. It should be from inside, from a relationship and a fellowship with Him that He's given us. And then it's real. And then it's it's joyful. Then we enjoy it. He says in verse, verse 11, These things have I spoken unto you, that my joy might remain in you. You know what I think Jesus was telling us? Have a true, real relationship so that you don't lose the joy of your Christianity. Don't, don't allow religion, don't allow other people, don't allow yourself to put things on yourself that, that isn't coming from a relationship and a fellowship from the Holy Spirit that's inside coming out. Real. Why? Because if not, you, you, can, you can lose the joy. That's what he's saying. He's saying, uh, these things have I spoken unto you, what? Abide in me and be fruitful, that your joy might remain in you, and that your joy might be full. Wouldn't it be nice to have our joy full? Hey, full of joy. Hey, it's the joy of the Lord that's our strength. He says, in verse 12, he says, this is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. We begin to see here him mentioning some of the fruits of the Spirit coming out in our life as a result of abiding in Him. So how do we be fruitful? How do we be Spirit-filled? Abide in Christ. It's a result of our union with Him. This all comes back to Christ. Remaining in Him is the key. If we're to leave with a with a uh, uh, a thing to do, a to do list, the to do list is look to Christ, abide in Christ, fellowship with Christ daily, daily, and a result of that will be the fruit of the Spirit. This begins, this begins at salvation. This is when we are put into Christ. You say, how does the branch get into the vine? It gets in through salvation. It happens when we 
believe and receive the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, which is so sweet. Paul said he was not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Why? It's the power of God unto salvation. It's that thing that puts us into Christ that can even begin us on this journey of being fruitful spiritually. If you've not been saved here this morning, do it. It's a free gift. Christ is calling you for salvation. He's calling you to repentance and to turn to Him. And for those that are saved, then then it's simple. Abide in Christ. Fellowship with Him. Why? Then our faith will grow. Our, our, Our walk with Christ will grow through being led by the Spirit. Joined to Christ. We will be fruitful. So as we close, the prayer would be, Lord, help me. Help me. Help me. I, I, I see where I have lost my, my connection with Christ. I see how, how the world is coming along and saying there's distraction. There's all these things that say, no, no, no. I know in order for me to be fruitful, then I have to be intentional to be abiding in Christ. I'm not going to look at other people. I'm not going to trust Trust in the sense of my faith is not in other people. My faith is in Christ and in Christ alone. I'm looking to Him. I'm fellowshipping with Him. I'm seeking Him and His Word to cleanse me, to purge me, to make me clean, to make me fruitful. And And according to the Scripture, if we do that, we will bear much fruit. In church, in our individual lives, and here at Wellspring, we want to be fruitful. There's nothing, I don't think, uh, much more uh, appealing and much more glorifying to God according to the Scripture. Our fruit brings glory to God. It's to, it's to come into a, a believer's life, to come into a church and see life. To see life. The joy of life. The joy of new birth. The joy of salvation. The joy of the Lord. The peace. And all that becomes. And you say, how can we ensure to have that? How can we ensure to keep it? Abide in Christ. Don't allow it to be set. Amen? Let's bow our heads in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, God, Lord, please make us men and women of faith. Lord, make us men and women that are, are, are just uh, connected to You. We're abiding in You. Lord, we're one with You. We're one with You. Lord, that You're leading us by Your Spirit. Lord, that we can uh, be fruitful. Lord, we're asking You to make us fruitful. Lord, I pray that we would see many souls saved for Your honor and glory. God, that we would love one another. And, and Lord, that you, we would have joy and we'd have peace. And, and that we would be, we would be uh, full of faith. That we would believe whatever You say. We would believe Your Word with all, all our hearts. Please, God, help us to believe, believe it with all our hearts. Lord, we're thanking You for Your Word. We're thanking You that You want to abide with us and us with You, God. Thank You. Lord, we love You. I pray that You just bless the rest of this day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.